This podcast is intended to provide general information about various recent developments in employment law and human resources best practices. Nothing in this presentation or in the comments of Ms. Johnson, Ms. Shannon, or any guest should be considered as the rendering of legal or other professional advice, and it is not directed at any specific cases or circumstances. Listeners are responsible for obtaining the necessary advice about their specific situations from their own counsel. These materials are intended for educational and informational purposes only. The presentation and these materials represent the opinions of the participants and not those of their law firms or companies. No part of these materials may be printed, photocopied, or otherwise reproduced, recorded, or stored, or transmitted in any form and by any means, electronic, mechanical, or otherwise, without the prior written permission of today's workplace podcast. Welcome to today's workplace, a podcast created to keep employers current on the latest employment law trends while providing proactive solutions to the everyday issues arising in today's rapidly changing workplace. Is your business prepared for today's workplace? Let's find out with your hosts, Barbara Johnson and Belinda Reed Shannon. Season one of today's workplace addressed the COVID-19 pandemic, but we know that there is another pandemic that this country is experiencing. It's a pandemic of racial injustice. And arguably this pandemic has been going on for hundreds of years. But last year, because of the tragic murder of George Floyd and a video of a black man who died with the foot of a white police officer on his neck, the world paid attention. Within days, hundreds of corporations issued statements promising to support Black Lives Matters to do better. These are the same corporations that have had diversity and inclusion programs for years and have pledged their support of diversity. Billions of dollars have been spent on consultants for decades now, but what have the results of these efforts been? There's been improvement in some areas, especially with respect to women, although there is a long way to go. But overall, we can all agree that most of these efforts have fallen way short in terms of making real and sustainable progress. For season two, we are very excited about tackling the issue of workplace diversity, equity, and inclusion. We will be taking a look at the history of these programs, the challenges and opportunities employers face, and speaking with amazing experts. Today, we will share our perspective as Black women employment attorneys who have assisted organizations in creating diversity and inclusion programs and who have experienced the workplaces as Black women. Belinda, Let's start by defining a few terms. What is diversity? What's equity, inclusion, belonging? Well, good morning, Barbara. First, understand that many, many organizations are incorporating diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, many more than had previously paid attention to it, and not only domestically, but globally. 
technology has allowed so many organizations to operate on a global basis, and they have all found a shared interest in incorporating concepts of diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging across their global enterprise. And so everyone has their own spin of what these definitions mean. So I'm going to offer up kind of like a basic baseline of what we're talking about when we uh, talk about when we reference diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging in a workplace setting. Okay, so let me start with diversity. Diversity refers to individual characteristics that a person has that makes them unique. And it's really interesting because it has evolved, uh, you know, over the years that diversity can be either visible, you know, something like race, gender, age, body type, or it can be an invisible form of diversity uh, that makes an individual unique. And that types of invisible diversity are like sexual orientation, religion, your social economic status, your family status, those things. And then when we're talking about equity, we're really talking about uh, ensuring justice, fairness, and impartiality in your procedures and processes. So ensuring that those processes, and particularly in the workplace, things like hiring, promotions, succession planning, development, attrition, all the policies and practices that underlie compensation, those, those things, all the policies and practices that underlie those things are um, what we really need to look at really to ensure that everyone is able to experience the benefits of those processes, but uh, is not harmed by those processes. And many times when we're talking about structural uh, racism or structural discrimination, that's what we're talking about, driving equity by looking at those and making sure that everyone can experience those uh, in a fair and impartial way. Inclusion refers to the environment. So anytime you hear about inclusion, think about the environment. And that's the environment in which all employees are treated fairly. They have equal access to opportunities and they're able to contribute you know, to an organization's uh, success. So everybody is, is able to, what we say, bring their whole self to the table because the environment supports everyone being their whole self. And then this concept of belonging is one that has uh, come to the forefront over the last couple of years. And belonging is about ensuring that everybody feels secure. Inclusion is about the environment, you know, and making sure, you know, that the environment is good. But belonging refers to the feeling of security and support um, everyone feels accepted, they feel respected, you know, and, and it's basically means just being accepted and included by those around you. So again, those are the basic definitions of all of those and every 
uh, organization takes an additional step to really define it according to what works for their organization along, they define it along those lines, but they have their own wording that they, um, you know, enhance that definition with, and they put it out there in front of the entire organization and all of their external stakeholders like shareholders and community partners, because they want their organization to have a shared just understanding in a shared uh, language around these terms. You know, most organizations started their DNI programs out of a need to comply with federal or state laws, whether it was the Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, Section 1981, the Americans with Disabilities Act, the Office of um, Federal Contractor Compliance Program regulations that require affirmative action. There was a compliance focus. The corporate approach has been evolving since then into a business strategy. And Belinda, what has been your journey as far as helping employers in this space? Yes, so I basically, and and you'll find that so many diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging professionals and experts, they come up through one of, you know, a few different uh, channels. And I particularly came up through the compliance channel because I started out as a management side employment attorney. And in doing that, you do learn a lot about some of the laws that you mentioned that were put in place by governments to drive, um, you know, to drive more equality in the workplace and to make things more even. And so that was the very earliest start. And But I will say the compliance, following a compliance pathway really just establishes the bare minimum of what an organization is finding that they could or should do. Because, you know, as this concept of diversity, equity, and inclusion has evolved in the workplace, businesses have determined that, hey, this is a business strategy. And so they make sure that they respond in a way and that they approach their programming in a way that meets the legal requirements. But then they go beyond that in certain ways as it relates to the type of work environment that they have to build, uh, how they ensure uh, employees um, feel like they are belonging because enhancing that then delivers benefits to the business success that diversity, equity, and inclusion has been proved to, to be able to do. But one of the other pathways to, um, you know, becoming someone who is who is expert and can guide an organization in um, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging are those individuals who have started, you know, started out their careers working in the diversity area or individuals who have some type of organizational behavior or organizational development background. We also have seen over the years that there are individuals who start out on the business side um, in a, you know, in a professional and leadership role in some of the business uh, related functions. And they then take an interest in, they understand how to use diversity, equity, inclusion as a business lever. And so then they move over into leading that organization or leading that function for an organization because they understand 
how to, they understand the business so intimately that they can really support integration of the concepts of diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging in all of the business functions. And they can speak the language very fluently on both sides, on the business side and on the diversity side. And so there's a number of ways that individuals get there. My way was just be, being an employment attorney uh, that took an interest in then really helping the business not only not only providing advice to the business but helping the business build the type of practices and processes that would create a greater diversity in the workforce and inclusive environment and help everyone understand the behaviors that were needed to ensure everybody you know supported the culture of belonging so you know that was my that was my pathway but i'd really be interested in hearing about your experiences outside counsel because i know that you're often sought by clients to provide diversity expertise so what does your journey look like from that perspective well, like you, Belinda, I started out and still am a management side labor and employment attorney. And so the beginning of my journey in this area was with helping employers on the compliance front. And so many diversity programs, inclusion programs arose out of the compliance area, understanding Title VII obligations, doing the training. And then eventually it expanded as companies started to recognize there is a business imperative with respect to diversity, equity, and inclusion as well. And so program, so companies started hiring diversity officers, looking at numbers, and started to doing training, you know, unconscious bias training, lots and lots and lots of training. But candidly, I became really frustrated with what I viewed as a check the box kind of exercise. It was a matter of almost form over substance. The leadership of the organization didn't really understand diversity and what it meant and the importance of treating it, developing strategies as opposed to hiring someone and saying, you go off and you know, you fix this for us. And so I, I actually had stopped assisting employers. But recently, especially because of the events of last year, I am really reinvigorated, if you will, because I think employers recognize now that something has to change if we're going to have some sustainable movement when it comes to this area. And why? The reality is we're in a race for talent. And by failing to embrace diversity, equity, and inclusion, and removing those barriers that allow people to um, really excel at work and contribute to your workforce, you're losing out, I mean, on tremendous human potential. And Can I underscore that point that you just made for a quick minute? Sure. I recently uh, read some information um, in research that said Two-thirds of job seekers today rate diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging as one of the most important aspects that they measure an organization on in terms of uh, evaluating whether they want to join that organization or not. Two-thirds. 
And so to, you know, like I said, to underscore your point that you cannot win the war for talent unless you do have impactful uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging uh, integrated into your organization. Um, so I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no. And just as a little, just as a little teaser here, in season two, we are going to have speakers who are going to talk about generational differences in how people view diversity, equity, and inclusion. And it's fair to say that many millennials have a very different view than baby boomers, like myself. And so understanding those generational differences will also assist employers in putting together um, programs that work. But as I said, I'm truly reinvigorated. I've been working with um, a number of different companies, particularly with their leadership, because you got to get the leadership on board. I mean, one of the knee-jerk reactions I think many companies had was to got to find a diversity and inclusion professional, got to find a person. Well, that's going to be helpful, but the change starts with the leadership. Absolutely. Yeah. So what did the social justice and reconciliation events of last summer, how did they change the way organizations respond and approach to diversity and inclusion? What are you saying, Belinda? So just with respect to what happened last summer and the the reaction, you know, there were a lot of organizations that immediately crafted anti-racism statements and they made large donations to um, social justice organizations. And like you just noted, they recognized the fact that they needed to do much more within their organizations. And so they sought to hire uh, diversity and inclusion expertise. One of the things that that I noticed as an expert already in that space is that I saw organizations responding more to this as something you mentioned and that I mentioned also, responding more to this as this is something that can actually not only impact their business if they're silent or don't engage in these programs in the appropriate way, but they also you know, the companies recognize that they are missing out, you know, and that they are um, missing out on on an opportunity to really uh, leverage diversity and inclusion as a, a way to get to business success. I mean, I remember, you know, at the start of my career that there were so many research articles and the like out and so much time spent on, quote, establishing the business case for diversity. And now you don't hear that, you know, you don't hear companies or or organizations spending a lot of time on evaluating the business case. In other words, trying to figure out the should we do this or why should we do this? Businesses already know there is a tremendous amount of research and studies enough time has passed where it can actually be measured and shown that businesses that have effectively integrated diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging outperform those who haven't. And so again, you know, businesses now are going directly to the work in terms of understanding well, how can we make this work for our organization? They're much more proactive. You know, it's almost like a child, the difference between the child that, you know, is who, who wants to 
immediately start kindergarten when they're two or three years old because they see their older brother or sister doing it and they want to burst out the door going to the child who you know is kicking and screaming and dragging to to the door of of the of the school because you know they it's they're it's scary they don't know what it is and so they're going to avoid it or try to avoid it you don't see that level of avoidance anymore you see organizations jumping in they don't know exactly where they need to go but they're willing, more willing, because they understand. We don't have to spend the time helping them to understand. They get it. And then, then there are organizations who have traditionally and historically, they jumped on the, you know, they, they jumped on the train early, you know, so they've been doing this for a number of years. And what you see from those organizations as a result of, you know, just the, you know, really reawakening and, and reckoning around social justice and, and particularly discrimination, racial discrimination, those organizations that were already doing very well or were doing a lot, they're reexamining the effectiveness and the impact of their programs and making some changes based on that. And, and just one other footnote, again, this isn't just going on in the United States. I mean, that was the scene of, you know, the, the very difficult social justice moments we witnessed last summer. But around the global environment, there are many companies who are recognizing that in order to be a better company and in order to meet the demands of the talent and the demands of employees that they have to pay attention to this. And so these programs that support diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging are also being implemented in global organizations. You've been listening to today's Workplace with Barbara Johnson and Belinda Reed Shannon. If you like what you heard, click subscribe so you don't miss out on future updates and episodes. For more information about today's episode, check out todaysworkplace.com. That's T-O-D-A-Y-S W-O-R-K-P-L-A-C-E dot com.